The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Hello and welcome to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, bringing down the latest in reality TV and pop culture. Welcome into 2024. How we feeling? How we feeling? I can answer you. Not well. What the heck is happening in the universe? Do we all need to let out a little scream? I can't do it too loud because I have neighbors, but what collectively, what the heck? Collectively, what the heck is happening in Bachelor Nation? What the heck is happening on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? It's like the last two weeks of 2023, I was like, wow, everything's calm, cool, collected. Now I realize it was the calm before the storm. You know, the um, the storm in Bermuda that may or may not have been AI, you know, that's what the past two weeks have been. And I thought, wow, I'm going to have nothing to talk about on my first, first podcast back of the year. Psych. Psych. We're going to get into all of it. Let's start with the pop three. Let's start with the first shocking thing. And let me just say, I didn't even want to open the deep dives this week because I felt like I knew the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City finale was going to be just so good. And obviously the timing of that doesn't necessarily add up when I open the deep dives, but then the, the, the Zach and Caitlin thing happened that the Rachel Lindsay thing happened. And now I'm like, Oh God. So we have three deep dives today, essentially starting with Caitlin and Zach Clark. So bachelor fans think that Caitlin Bristow and Zach Clark are somewhat of an item. They were seen together on new year's Eve. Let's just reset the scene for all of you in case you don't watch bachelor. Um, or the bachelorette. Tasha and Caitlin were both bachelorettes, right? Caitlin had her season. She was engaged to Sean Booth. That didn't work out. Tasha had her season. She was engaged to Zach Clark. That didn't work out. After they both broke up with their final rose picks, later on in life, both Tasha and Caitlin ended up being joint hosts of a season of The Bachelorette. When Chris Harrison made his exit and they were trying to find the replacement, the interim host, the mentors, whatever you want to call it, Zach, or were Caitlin and Tasha. When Tasha did this, she was still with Zach. So keep that in the back of your mind, okay? But this is just so messy because when you think about it, they had the after the final rose when Caitlin and Tasha were hosting together. And that's when it came out that Tasha and Zach were breaking up. 
And Caitlin asked Tasha about it on after the final rose. Like she's like, Tasha, there's a lot of headlines. Do you want to talk to us about what's going on? Tasha got very upset. She cried. She walked off. And so just very weird to consider the fact that Caitlin might now be romantically involved with Tasha's ex-fiance. Caitlin went off on Instagram. She went off. She was talking about all the hate messages that she gets. She was like, I look at your profiles and if I don't want to switch places with you, I don't take your advice. I'm like, okay, Caitlin, like we get it. You know, you're famous and you have a cool life and we're just nobodies. But it's it, it is always just shocking to me when people who live in the public eye by choice, right? Caitlin could have had her 15 minutes as the bachelorette and then moved on her merry little way, but she's still in the public eye by choice. Um, it's like James Kennedy said, when you do something outrageous, you have to assume that people are going to be outraged. So I guess I just don't understand what Caitlin expected coming from this. Now, she hasn't confirmed that they're together. I think they are together because when she went on this rampage on Instagram. She was saying, you don't even know the backstory. You don't even know my truth. She never said Zach and I are just friends. She never said Zach and I aren't together. She never said Zach and I aren't talking. Now, one thing that she did say was there was no cheating. So what she is saying is Zach and I weren't talking when Jason and I were breaking up, but she didn't say anything about a romantic connection. Now, and I have conflicting thoughts about that because I feel like Caitlyn a lot of times plays the victim card when it comes to public backlash. On one hand, you know me. I will tell you until I'm blue in the face to never send hateful comments, hateful DMs to these. It, it doesn't matter. Like reality TV is supposed to be fun. This kind of stuff is supposed to be lighthearted and entertainment. Um, so I, you guys know how I feel about that. Um, and some of the messages she were, was getting, she shared on her Instagram story and they were horrible. And she's like, you never get used to this. And I can, I can not relate because I don't get it nearly as much as she does. But like, I remember one time somebody told me in the comment section that I needed to fill in my eyebrows more. And I like spiraled for a day and cried. So I can imagine when somebody's DMing you, you're trash, you're disgusting, whatever, hundreds it's going to get to you, you know, but then she, the whole thing is just confusing because she's like, if you guys only knew I'm biting my tongue, like you have every opportunity, Caitlin, to say something now, what are you waiting for? You like your podcast episode, just be honest about it on paper. Like they're just not the most compatible couple. You know, Caitlin is a big partier. She has a wine company. Zach, um, is an active recovery, so it's just like, and I know what you're thinking, Morgan, that sounds so hypocritical because of all the things that you said about Carl and Lindsay. And I do believe that you can have a sober person in a relationship and have somebody that drinks, but not, you can't have somebody that like, I don't know how I want to say this. Your lifestyles have to be compatible. In my personal opinion, I noticed that Lindsay was drinking less than when she was with Carl. Now, if she would have been you know, Lindsay from the first season of Summer House, I don't think that would have worked out either. It doesn't matter because they're not together anymore. Anywho, can I give Caitlin some tough love? Because I do feel for her. Like I said, the hate is too much. 
But if I had to give any little tidbit of advice to Caitlin Bristow, maybe, maybe just take a break from the Bachelor Nation guys, because you know, they're, you know, these people are nuts. You know, they are. I have referred to Bachelor Nation as the insane clown posse because sometimes we are, sometimes we are. We don't know the status of Caitlin and Tasha's friendship either. They might not even be friends, right? They met, they might have just been co-workers who got along for a specific period of time or whatever. But I don't I don't know. I think I think I don't like this because I'm I'm always very firmly team Tasha. She was like one of my favorite bachelorettes of all time. She is moved on. She's dating Luke Branson from Summer House. They've been together for a long time. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know. The, what I also don't like about the situation is that people act like Jason is like this lost puppy dog with three legs. Like he's 35. He's going to be okay. He's going to be heartbroken, obviously. But like to go on this, like Caitlin is the devil and Jason is this angel. It's just a lot. It's a lot, you guys. It's a lot. I think Jason should be the next bachelor. I said that in a Patreon a long time ago. But anyways, there you have it. Dumois actually broke the story first a couple weeks ago saying that Zach and Caitlin were talking. So we still don't actually know like the hardcore details, but we're going to leave it there. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen. With Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Let's move on to Rachel Lindsay and Brian Abasolo getting divorced. Another plot twist. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. I said when this broke on the 2nd of January, because the Caitlin story broke on the 1st, Rachel and Brian broke on the 2nd. I said, Caitlin Brissot is thinking her lucky stars for Rachel Lindsay today. And that's the truth. Brian filed, cited irreconcilable differences. He's asking for spousal support. No prenup. No kids. The separation date was listed as December 31st of 2023. I saw this post on Reddit saying that that could be a potential legal strategy. That if there's no prenup and they're going to have to be dividing assets, Brian... Maybe not necessarily Brian. Maybe Brian's lawyers would advise him, you want to milk this relationship for every last second, you know, because let's say Rachel gets a big bonus in December. You want to still be together, you know, to accommodate for that. Um, Now, this is interesting because Rachel Lindsay was just on the Vile Files, like last week, I want to say, saying that she was getting ready to have a, trying to have a baby with Brian. 
I didn't listen because you know how I feel. I feel like you should support um, me and not Nick Vial. Look, you can support both, but he's just me. He's just rude to people like me. So anyways, you guys were saying like, wow, I listened to that podcast episode. I walked away thinking that Brian and Rachel were stronger than ever. You know, she did talk about how they have completely different lifestyles, which they've always had completely different lifestyles. So it's like, is that shocking information to anybody? No. She was talking about how like he'll work for 12 hours at a time and she has more free time because of her career path. And then she was talking about how they tried to work together in the past, but it didn't work out. And she's like, you got to protect the marriage. We didn't, we realized that it wasn't going to work out. We stopped working together. So I don't know. It's just wild. I'm going to share this DM, um, Dumois style, not verify, but I did think it was interesting. Brian did have a practice in Miami, a successful one, according to this DM that he closed to move to LA. But this is what the DM says. Like I said, not verified, not verified, not verified. So take it with a grain. Okay. But this is what it says. Someone who grew up with Brian and who is still tight with their high school group. That is the person that sent it to me. This person says he's been wanting kids and to really settle down. He's closed his practice in Miami where he was doing well to move to LA. But Rachel kept saying she wanted to focus on her career and the momentum she had. He was struggling to feel settled in LA essentially, which would make sense that that would make sense with the spousal support because it's like, if he did close his practice down in Miami and move to LA to be with Rachel and then it didn't work out, he now has no money. He had, he now has no job or he doesn't have the you know level of income that he had when he had his practice in Miami. So Brian posted this on his Instagram story, black background, white text. You already know. It says, if you've been following me for a while, you know, I don't like to put my personal affairs on social media and like to keep a safe space for our family. Many of you know me as a chiropractor and also as a husband, my proudest role so far. After more than four years of marriage, Rachel and I have made the difficult decision to part ways and start anew. He says, my parents have been married forever and I'm a family man, but sometimes loving yourself and your partner means you must let go. I wanted to hear it from the source before the, I wanted you to hear it from the source before the blogs start making up their own reality. Please respect the spaces of our family and friends as we figure out our next steps. You know what I love about this? It's not a joint statement. How many BS joint statements of love and respect have we gotten from all of our, all of our favorite celebrity reality TV couples, whatever the past six months. He's like, no, I'm going to post this on my own, me, myself, and I. I'm not adding Rachel as a collaborator. I'm not tagging her in the comment section. So I don't know. I just think that's interesting. Yeah, just really surprised by this. Like I said, they, okay, I'm, I should say I'm sad, but not shocked because I'm sad because I thought that their lifestyle worked for them. You know, there were there was a point in time where they were long distance, married long distance, and I thought it worked for them because they're both career driven people, but they still, you know, from what it seemed, prioritize their relationship in the ways that they could. But it turns out that it just wasn't as perfect as we thought that it was, which is crazy, crazy. Okay, I know it's a pop three, but I have two things that I want to get into briefly before we discuss the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City finale, which I'm still reeling over. First, the golden wedding. 
We're going to recap the Golden Wedding on the Patreon on Friday, so make sure you're subscribed. But Gary and Teresa are getting married January 4th. There's been a lot of speculation that there's trouble in that paradise. Um, Conversations about prenups, apparently, allegedly, reportedly. Teresa wanted a prenup. Gary was mad about it. Allegedly, reportedly, Teresa's friends think that they're moving too fast. Those types of headlines were in publications that I don't necessarily consider to be all that reputable, but they didn't spend Christmas together. Teresa posts this photo of herself and it's like, have a merry Gary Christmas. I'm not with him at this current moment in time. You know, she was like, we're spending the holidays apart. We'll be back together, whatever. So ever since those articles came out, I feel like they've been laying on thick. And it could be a couple different reasons. They could be laying it on thick because the golden wedding is this week and they want people to watch it. Um, But to me, it also reads a little bit like damage control. Like, oh, people are saying negative things about Teresa and Gary and their relationship. We have to make sure you guys act like you really love each other, which I think that they do. And I never... I don't, I don't know, obviously, because I haven't seen the wedding play out yet, but um, I think that they will get married. Will they live happily ever after? Like TBD. Susan is officiating. So like one of Gary's ex-girlfriends is officiating, (laughs) even though Susan said that Gary put her in the friend zone. I don't know. I do have to say like David and I were watching Salt Lake City and the commercials for the Golden Wedding like would come on TV. And of course, we're going to watch it. And like, I'm going to be glued. I'm going to be sat. I'm going to be seated. But like, it doesn't hit the same as it did. You know what I mean? Like, I used to be super excited. It used to be like appointment television, the highlight of my week. And now I'm like, eh, Gary and Teresa are getting married on Thursday. <laughs> what is my, what, what are our lives that we're sitting here talking about? 72-year-old man and his wedding. Judgy McJudgersons about it. I don't know. Okay, last but certainly not least in relationship drama, and this is a little bonus. I think Sam Fair and Corey, what's his last name? I don't even know his last name. I'm sure I know his last name. All I know is that he wears a lot of pearl necklaces. Corey Kiefer, duh, Corey Kiefer. Um, I think they broke up. I think a lot of people think they broke up. You know, he's posting things. He posted this picture first that said 2064 is going to be my year. I can feel it. I don't know if that was a typo if he's trying to be funny, but he's like holding onto this blonde and people are like, who's that? It's his sister. Um, But also there's like another picture of him with like, uh, this girl's in Ariana's revenge dress. Huh? What do you know? I don't know if they're relatives or whatever, but they also posted like New Year's Eve things without each other. I'm going to go to Sam's page. Sam Fair. She posted her and her girlfriends drinking martinis and her look with her beautiful bouncy blonde hair and her gorgeous smile. And it says a fresh start. So everyone's obviously like, oh, they broke up. And if they did, that will be the best thing to ever happen to her. She can get her spot on Summer House back because it's going to be a complete and utter disaster this year. I have no idea where they're going to go with casting because of the Carl and Lindsay situation. But I firmly believe that Sam wasn't asked back because she was in a relationship with Corey. They have enough relationshipy people. And the draw of Sam, her first season was that she's young, wild, and free. She's dancing on tables. She was baby birding people. I don't know. But... 
I think the straw that broke the camel's back for them, if they are broken up, which this is all speculation, but um, the Winter House reunion, I mean, she just seemed like it was not something that she was going to get over. Um, and he didn't seem like he knew how to comfort her in any way. So Sam, girl, move on. You'll be better for it. Okay. There's nothing like the feeling of being confident in your own skin. It's something that I have struggled with in the past, which is why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best with no complicated routines, no multiple step protocols, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. Right now, I'm using the OS1 Eye Topical Supplement to help strengthen and firm the skin around my eyes. So far, I've noticed it has improved hydration and improved firmness. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTALKS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support the show and tell them I sent you because I love you like a sis. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The deep dive. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City finale was shocking, kind of. I got to say, Bravo editors have upped their game since Scandal. There's a lot more thunder. There's a lot more lightning. There's a lot more strobe lights. There's a lot more like, like Jaws, scary music behind everything. The editing has just gotten good. Like, you know, the storms are brewing in Bermuda. The thunder's rolling in. The Bermuda Triangle is about to explode because Monica is reality Von Teese or whatever. But anyways, we're going to start from the beginning. We start with this stupid scene between Whitney and Heather. And I was like, oh, God, if this is what we have to look forward to until the last 10 minutes of the episode, like... Please don't do this to me, Bravo. But, you know, last week's episode ended with Heather and Whitney getting in a fight about Heather's book. And, and Whitney's like, you exploited my sexuality. I'm, I'm, I just can't take her seriously when literally the editors have to blur out her nips every five seconds. And she's screaming about Heather exploiting her. Just like, girl, you got to calm down. Fully team Heather in this argument. Heather read to Whitney what she put in the book. Whitney said she didn't like this part. Heather took it out. What else do you want, Whitney? Like, it seems like she's just looking for a reality TV moment. She's looking to start a fight. I don't know what that was about, but I'm glad Heather was just like, this is stupid and I'm not going to give any attention to it. Um, so then the girls go um, out and about shopping. Monica's card gets declined. And I feel like that was a foreshadow moment where they're like, we all knew coming into this that something was going to happen with Monica because the whole entire cast was not talking to her. They didn't have a Salt Lake City 
panel at BravoCon. I mean, Monica was like in a world on her own at BravoCon. Nobody was talking to her. So we knew there was this big falling out. And plus all the press they've been doing, we knew that they don't like Monica. But they all go shopping and they're they're buying these perfumes and none of them bring their card and Monica's card gets declined. And it's like, that's the first moment where I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Like this might be something little, but it's painting a picture of stuff's just about to go down with Monica, right? So we find out through this phone call, Heather does some investigative work. She's a real life Inspector G, Inspector Gadget, Inspector Heather guy. And she finds out that Monica has been running this Instagram account called Reality Von Teese. And they, she has been cyberbullying. Oh my God. She's been cyberbullying the cast of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City for four years. It was so funny because while we were watching last night, David and I kept refreshing the Reality Von Teese Instagram account. Last night it had like 7,000 followers. As of right now, it's got like 22,000 followers. So it just goes up, 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 up. One thing I will say is that while it was edited really good and I did like a lot of the foreshadowing and stuff, I felt like it was getting a little dragged out. Um, you know, we would like get all the way through the phone call. And then it would foreshadow to Heather on the beach saying, I got to talk to you guys and then cut to commercial. And then we wouldn't get back to that scene until Heather like recapped it all over again. I'm like, just get to it already. But anyways, we get the hot mic moment, you know, Heather on the phone, Heather's hairdresser, Tanisha. I can't even remember how this came about. My head is spinning, honestly, but basically Heather's hairdresser was like, look, Heather, Myself, this guy, Koa, and Monica were running this Instagram account. Monica mainly was running this Instagram account, bullying you, spreading lies about you. It's a snark account for four years, for four years. And that's the thing I think that is so crazy is how long that this has been going on. Like from the second that the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City started, Monica was scheming. And it's like, was this always her plan to somehow get on the show? Like, it's mind-blowing. It's fraud. But anyways, I need to know if Heather is still friends with the hairdresser because I don't, I don't, I just have a lot of, a lot of unanswered questions. Okay. But anyways, they sit down at the Bermuda Triangle dinner and you can tell Heather is just steaming from the inside. She's like sitting there very stone cold, like having to take really deep breaths. She looks very tense. Like they flash back to Heather on the beach and her extensions just like flowing in the Bermuda wind. She's clearly struggling. She's getting ready to tell the ladies. Meanwhile, Lisa is dressed up like a pretty pinata. You know, Whitney is on the verge of her eighth nip slip of the season. And then we get the scene and it's like the dim lighting. I loved it. I loved it. The dim lighting with the ladies on the beach where she says, Monica is not who she thinks she is or who we think she is. She says the real Monica is someone who really doesn't want to be our friend, but wants to profit from our lives and our pain. And she says, I know who you really are and who you really are is da 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 commercial break. You know, like that's, that's the way that the pacing of the episode went. And then to find out that it all started by, by Heather trying to get Monica a beauty lab gift card 
And then her finding out that Monica has been to Beauty Lab under three different names with the same birthday and also wasn't paying her bills. So we know that's what the lawsuit is about, right? Which I'm sure they're going to get more into that at the reunion. Monica sued Beauty Lab for botched injections. Beauty Lab countersued for Monica not paying for said injections. They didn't touch about that at all, obviously, on the episode. So that is happening now. So it's just the way everyone thought that that phone call was only going to be about Monica not paying her bill, but it turned out to be like a four-year-long social media conspiracy. So that was shock number one, that Monica was RVT, even though Bravo fans did call it. And that's why I say it was shocking, but not surprising because it's like, I'm like, Heather, you didn't need a PI. Like you didn't need to call Bo Deedle if that's who you did call. You could have just asked one of us because like we all knew that she was Reality Von Tees. I found out probably like two weeks ago, but obviously it was just crazy the way that it came out. And last night, like I said, I went to the real- Reality Von Tees and most of it was about Jen, which that is Monica's. I guess you could say argument is like, I, what'd she say? She said, I did this to take down Jen and the other women were just collateral damage. Shock number one. Shock number two is that Monica, blonde Monica, was caught on the security camera at Meredith's store the day the guy stole the clutch. It's just all these full circle moments where you're like thinking back to crazy things that happened in season two that are now coming full circle. That blonde hair Monica with her mask was walking around Meredith's shop. And then she comes on the show and she's like, oh, so cute. What a store. What a cute store. Meredith never been here before ever. I've never seen Sony steal a clutch when I had blonde hair and bad roots, you know? It was just crazy. And people are saying Monica is a mini Jen. And I think that's why part of this is so satisfying to us because it gave us the confrontation that we never got with Jen. And I think that people are also mad about that, right? They're like, why are the ladies coming at Monica who, who ran a Finsta, you know, acting like she committed murder when you had Jen Shaw, who actually is now serving a six and a half year prison sentence. And you guys like, wouldn't even like whisper to her. And I just think that the relationships are different. Um, obviously the women had been friends with Jen way longer. They knew Jen as somebody else where Monica, they were introduced like through Jen and didn't really know her and spent this season getting to know her to realize like that it all was all of it was a lie, which like maybe all of it was a lie with Jen Shaw too, but I have no idea. The most shocking part of the Salt Lake City finale, in my opinion, was Heather finally admitting that Jen Shaw gave her the black eye. We all knew it deep down, but did we really ever think that Heather Gay would cut, that the words would come out of her mouth? I lied that Jen Shaw gave me a black eye. We were like, what? I was Lisa Barlow. Wow. That was me. She blamed it on the Airbnb, not being up to code. She blamed it on the Airbnb cabinets, not being up to code. She said she, she hit her eye 
on the cabinet of the Airbnb justice for the Airbnb. Everyone go leave five stars because slander by Heather Gay. I could not believe it. She went on book tours, making up this lie about running into the cabinet, about falling into the sink. And we were all like, this makes no sense. I think honestly, at the time, Heather had to lie though, because admitting that Jen punched her in the face would have caused Jen major legal ramifications. I mean, at that point, Jen hadn't been to trial yet. She hadn't been sentenced yet. And it feels like Heather had this sort of Stockholm syndrome kind of relationship with Jen, where she knew deep down that she's not somebody to be trusted, not somebody that you should be protecting. But she loved this person for whatever reason she wanted to and she wanted to feel loved by Jen Shaw, but I'm super glad that she finally came out and said it. And I feel like the fact that we had to wait this long actually makes it that much more epic that we finally got the truth. And she stood up there like the godfather Heather did. She's like, never go against the family, never go against the OG girlies of Salt Lake City. You see my girls? We've been through the ringer with one fraud. We're not going to have another one added to the list. Okay. Reality Montice. Okay. So pack your bags and go. Never go against the girlies. Never go against the Salt Lake City girlies. Period. Monica is teasing that at the reunion, some more tea is going to come out. Obviously. I mean, did we expect anything less? Three part reunion. We will be sat and seated. Jen Shaw is speaking out from prison. I don't know how prison works, but it's like, don't you get one phone call a day? Who's she calling her publicist? We've talked about that before. First of all, I'm shocked that she has a publicist. She's paying a publicist while she's in prison for a telemarketing scheme. I, I can't, I can't. But anyways, post on her Instagram story. Bravo. If I punched Heather in the eye, you guys would have footage to prove it. It's clear the show can't live without me since I was brought up at the beginning, middle and end of season four. She then went on to say that Andy still but her that she turned down his request for a one-on-one -on -one interview with her. Why would you sit down with someone who gave another cast member a black eye? Next story. Look, Jen, I'm sorry. It's, it's over, dude. Like everybody knows that you're a liar. Nobody trusts a word that you say. Jen Shaw punched her in the face. And it's like, no, they wouldn't automatically have footage to prove it. It was in the middle of the night. It was at four o'clock in the morning, unless they're shooting summer house style with the cameras in every corner of the room, which I don't think that they are. She had the scratches. Jen Shaw, it's over, dude. You're in prison. Just let it go. You have more, you have more serious things to worry about, like how you're going to pay your publicist while you're doing your Shaw amazing abs class with Elizabeth Holmes. Okay. I don't even know. I don't even know. People are like, does Monica come back? Is she a one hit wonder? I think she's a one hit wonder. She did a photo shoot, a villain photo shoot. I'm going to it right now. Oh my God, you guys. And she followed me last night on Instagram, which makes me scared. Okay. What does it say? You know, you love me. XOXO RVT warming my hands on the bridges I've burned. Literally with the newspapers in her hand. She's a good villain. I'll tell you that she's a good villain, but it's scary. Scary. I don't know. Like how I think it would be interesting to have her come back. Obviously the drama, the tea is hot, but it's like, nobody's going to film with her. Heather said it a million times. Nobody likes her. Who's going to do that? Nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to do that. So where do they go from here? I have no 
idea. No clue, but wow, was I entertained. Was I not entertained? Season four will go down in the history books of great housewives seasons. So congratulations to the girlies. Oh, let me spill my spill my tea on my own. If you're an NBC listener, I'm going to tell you guys who's yummy. Remember, I told you, I had I my theory was that the the black guy was the bad Botox, and that the lawsuit was going to kind of uncover the fact that it was bad Botox. And I said, a housewife DM me, and she said, no, girl, that's not it, but it's crazy. Come in close. It was baby gorgeous. All right, how's that? For some New Year's tea. 2024, off to a great start. Can't wait to see where the year goes. This week has been hell in a handbasket, but we are fed. We are fed. And there's lots more to discuss. Like I said, Golden Wedding, the season finale of Southern Charm. You know we're going to talk about it on the Patreon, so make sure you're subscribed. The link is in the show notes below. If not, I'm trying to get a special guest on the podcast next week. So say your T's and P's that this person says, yes, we're in communication. So we'll see. Leave a review if you haven't yet done so, because you know I love you like a sis. See you back next week. Bye. A Huda Media Production.